What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode. Today, joining the show, we have defensive end from Clemson, Kevin Swint. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing great, man. That's great to hear. So, you know, something I want to go all the way back to before we talk about your, you know, playing at Clemson, playing one of the best, you know, schools for football is this kind of high school football. You played at uh, Carrollton High School in Georgia. Obviously, oh, yeah. Georgia high school football is one of the best you can ever be a part of. Um, so what was the whole experience like for you? Oh, man, it's just really, you know, having competition on a daily basis. You know, I came from a – I would say I came from a pretty known well high school, um, known high school. So we had a, a lot of Division One guys. Um, we had a couple of guys signed for SEC schools and stuff like that. So, you know, competing wasn't – just like never anything new to me. So it was kind of pretty smooth, you know, making a transition into college. So when you were at – when you are at Carleton, you uh... – you won the region seven five a MVP, and you were a nominee for you know the Buckus uh, semi. So what what like forced you to like allowed you to again excel like at a young age and, and realize that you can really be one of the best players out there? Oh um, man, it's really quite honestly, bro. It was like growing up, my brothers, man, they kind of they bullied me around, so it kind of it kind of hate uh, made me have like tough skin and stuff like that. Then uh, just having great coaches all around me like Sean Calhoun, Brian Simmons, and um. Uh, uh, Thomas Keith, Thomas Keith, he played at uh, Central Michigan. Um, I think he's still in the record books for like the total tackles or something like that in NCAA history. So, you know, having a great coach like him who always, you know, pushed me uh, and, and, you know, kind of motivated me to, to be the best version of me as coach when you would always say. So, you know, it was just, it was just simple stuff like that, man, you know, going out playing with my brothers and stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. You, you mentioned your brothers. Um, they kind of like, Force you to kind of be aggressive, go out there and, and and play. But I read an article that they were very like influential into making you want to play football. So how do they kind of like make you want to go out there and play too? Man, I kid you not. Like when I was like ten years old, um, well, not even it was like before that, bro. I was like eight years old playing throw them up, eat them up with my brothers, uh, and I was I was always around football, bro. It was like um, like my brother was in high school. I literally would like sit on the sidelines with those guys. And, you know, and actually watch them play because they had, um, you know, you, you may know Jonathan Jones. He plays for the New England Patriots right now. Yeah. But it was like guys like him, you know, you know, always loving me up, talking to me, man. You know, little stuff like that goes a long way with a kid who's, you know what I'm saying, inspired by you and looks up to you. So it was kind of little stuff like that, man, that made me fall in love with the game of football. Yeah, definitely. Well, that's, that's cool to hear. I mean, like you mentioned, Jonathan Jones, he's a phenomenal player for – for the Pats. Um, so that's really cool to see that he had that influence along with your brothers and being around that. But with the recruitment process, you were, you were getting offers very early in high school. I mean, yep. they were just flowing in top five schools, top tier schools. At one point you got three on the same day, I believe it was like Michigan, Tennessee, and Miami, which is crazy to see happen. But what was like the whole entire recruitment process like for you? And, and when did it really take off? Um, you know, it was kind of surreal, bro. Uh, it kind of took off my, I want to say the end of my freshman season, going into my sophomore year, spring. I think I got my first offer from Memphis. I was at home, my mom and my uh, my coach, he had called me. He was like, uh, you know, Memphis wants wants you to, you know, give you an opportunity to play the next level. And I was, bro, I was shocked because it's like you always dream about stuff like that, and then seeing the process that my brother went through and how hard it was for him, and so me having a, a little, I want to say the easier process, but you know, what I'm saying I had to God, God bless me with the ability to you know, go wherever I wanted to go. So it was just crazy, man. But the recruitment process itself, it was it was kind of like I enjoyed it. You know, some people make it out to something that it really isn't. You know what I'm saying? You really should never stress over because at the end of the day, you're making that decision for yourself. And 
and set yourself up for, you know, 40, 50 years down the road. So, man, it was it was a smooth process. I enjoyed every every bit of it going to, you know, going to new places. Man, I never really um, like went on vacations as a family. You know what I'm saying? So for me to go and, and go to places like Michigan and, and Alabama and see like different cities and the college atmosphere and looking at stadiums, I was like, bro, my mind was blown away because it's just something I always dreamed about as a kid. Definitely. I mean, you really embrace like the recruiting process and going and making the most of it, which is very respectable to see. But something that is interesting is like every one of these schools, of course, they want to make the best pitch to you and say, like, we really want you were the best. But what like kind of stood out above the rest during recruitment to make you say, like, they're legit or they, they really care about me more than most? I mean, I, I mean I'm at Clemson right now, so I'm going I'm to yeah. give you this story, man. It was just, you know, Clemson always kept it real, man. It was, you know, a lot of schools, they kind of put on that, that image that, you know, man, we love you. To, you're our top guy. You know, stuff like that. Everybody hears that. But, man, Clemson, man, it was, like, surreal. Like, it's real people. It's real genuine people here, and they actually care about you. And, you know, for me to make the decision to come there, it wasn't like they were, like, you know what I'm saying, demanding or begging. It was just like, man, whether you feel comfortable with the decision or not, man, we still, you know, respect you as a player and, you know, and wish you the best. You know, that's really what you can all – that's all you really can ask for. And some players get bashed for, uh, you know what I'm saying, going to a different school by all types of people, man. But it was not the case to hear at Clemson, bro. It was, it was a very loving and, and very uh, family-involved uh, environment. Definitely. I mean, was the decision to go to Clemson over, I guess, a hometown team, Georgia, like easy, hard? Like what was like the reaction in, in the state of Georgia when you decided to go, <laughs> go to Clemson? I don't even know if you included Georgia on your top seven, you know, for that matter. So what was that like? Man, it was uh, – I considered Georgia a lot, man, when I was when I was uh, going through the recruitment process, the early, the early phases of it. Um, but it's kind of – it was never really that hard. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I, I wasn't – I never grew up. A, I never grew up a Georgia fan. I was actually an Alabama fan, man. I loved Alabama as a kid, so they kind of, kind of put it up in the air. But you know what I'm saying? It was never really that, uh, that big of a deal for me making that decision to go to Clemson over Georgia. Yeah. Well, you mentioned Bama, so why didn't you decide not to go there if that was your your dream? <laughs> so I have to ask you that now too. You know, <laughs> man. I, uh, you know, there's multiple reasons, man. Not the, uh, you know, so I feel like I I could get developed. I'm not saying that Alabama doesn't develop guys, you know, they do, man. They, you see, they're about doing a draft, but I feel like I could uh, be a more of a part of a family here at Clemson, man. And quite frankly, man, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you, I felt more loved at Clemson. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I knew the guys I was coming in with personally. Yeah, well, on a bright note, you know, you came in with Sergio Allen, who I I believe is a good was a good friend of yours, is a good friend of yours, so. What was it like going in and being roommates with him? But did you also like kind of share the recruiting process together? Uh, I mean, I want to say we shared the recruiting process together, but um, man, Sergio's like my brother for real, man. Like we uh, like we we met at camps and stuff like that. So our kind of our relationship built off that, and uh, we played in the rising senior game uh, together in Georgia. Well, the, yeah, the rising senior game in Georgia. So it was like, man, we were kind of like glued together. It's kind of really like my blood brother. You know, I would consider him. That's how close we are. But um, sharing the recruitment process, we really didn't, really didn't like speak about it too much until he was trying to get me to, you know what I'm saying, join the, uh, the Clemson squad, bro. <laughs> he was really – he was like one of the uh, big motivators of, you know what I'm saying, persuading me to come here. Not – I want to say persuading me, but, you know what I'm saying, yeah. giving me knowledge on, you know, what you're getting yourself into. Yeah, definitely. Well, it all worked out. You signed on an early national sign day. You became a Tiger with him. Uh, but your first year at Clemson was – 
I mean, not in terms of the team, but in general, it was pretty chaotic. You know, COVID was happening. The pandemic was happening. No yeah. one knew what was going on. I talked to uh, Hunter Helms, who was a quarterback at the time when he came in his freshman year. He said that every day you guys were getting tested, it felt like. So what was that entire the season, that whole year for you like? Yeah. I mean, it was I mean, it was chaotic, bro. <laughs> I'm going to be real with you, man. You're waking up seven, six o'clock in the morning just to go get a COVID test just so you can practice, man. You know, you never would think about that. You know what I'm saying? Going into your first year, but man, it was it was crazy. Um, but man, we embraced it, man. We, you know what I'm saying, we made the best out of it, as you can see, man. We went into the college football playoffs. We didn't we didn't get the big prize, but you know what I'm saying, getting there itself is is you no know, it's hard to do. And I learned that from this season itself. And, you know what I'm saying? It's real hard to win. So, you know what I'm saying? Appreciating winning, man, and, and knowing what it takes to win, man, it's it's crazy what we did that year. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you, you said it yourself, it's no easy task to make it to this cultural playoffs, especially during a pandemic. But what kind of like what stood out to you your first year there saying like, well, these guys, you know, it's, it's, it's a hard situation, but mm -hmm. we, we made it. We made it what it is. Man, it was really the leadership, man. You, you saw the type of guys we had. You know, we had great players, but, <laughs> you know, Trevor Lawrence and, you know, guys like Travis Etienne and Cornell Powell, man, they were all in my locker section. So, man, it was great leaders, bro. Honestly, bro, they they really made the ship go, you know, the way that it, it went. And, uh, you know what I'm saying, just watching those guys do what they did, you know what I'm saying, they passed the torch down to us and just holding the tradition down, man, and doing what it – and knowing what it takes and doing what it takes to, you know what I'm saying, be at that – to perform at that high level. Mm -hmm, definitely. Um, for sure. I mean, you know, you mentioned you're around all those great leaders and they were all kind of there for you. Did any of them, like, kind of take you under, the, under their wing during that season? Man. Uh, you know, Jamie Skowski, man, Baylor Spector, you know, the Bruce brothers, as, as y'all know him as, bro, <laughs> they took us under their wing, man. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Anytime we had questions about, you know what I'm saying, the playbook or just anything, man, they, you know what I'm saying? They took us under, our, under their wing and kind of passed us down the ropes. And then guys like Justin Foster from the previous season, man, he, that's the guy that really took me up under his wing, man, and kind of helped me make that transition as a, from a linebacker to a defensive end, man. So, I got much love for my boy Justin Foster. Yeah, well, you mentioned it just now, switching from linebacker to defensive end. Again, no easy task. I mean, it almost feels like the game gets faster on you because it's developing like right then and there when the ball snapped. But what was that entire transition like? And how did it kind of come up? Like, were you okay with that or what happened? I mean, yeah, I was okay with it, man. It's um, kind of just bloom where you plant it, man. Uh, but, it, I, you know what I'm saying? I have, I have much more improvement to make. You know, just the type of person I am, man. It's always room, room for improvement. But um, making the transition, man, it's been pretty smooth, bro. I'm not even going to lie to you. Um, you know what I'm saying? Just learning from guys like K.J. Henry, bro. You know, he leads by example on and off the field. So just learning from him, man, trying to be the best version that I can be. You know, everything else to take care of itself. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you got you to embrace, embrace what's there for you. So I, I definitely respect that. Um, you played your first game, or I, I believe your first game was against the Citadel. Uh, so what was that whole experience like for you playing your first game in Death Valley? Man, I was like, I was, I was super excited, bro. My first college game, you know, how your eyes get big. You're like, bro, this is like, what you dream about playing college football? Like, like as a kid, you see, you dream about yourself being on NCAA Saturday anymore, but it's kind of like, that's the kind of, uh, that's the kind of excitement that I got from it, bro. You know, it was it was a great atmosphere. I made a couple of plays, <laughs> so everything everything went smooth, bro. Yeah. You know, yeah, it was pretty good. Definitely. I mean, you ran down the hill during that during the pandemic, but 
is it still you still get the same I guess goosebumps running down the hill the first time as you do now especially with more fans in the stands uh man heck yeah bro it's like it's gonna be super loud once you hear that cannon go off it's like you jumping in the arena bro literally bro like it's crazy um it's, it's super electric man it's loud it's kind of it's kind of we vibe off the fans energy you know what I'm saying as we have our own energy as itself yeah definitely I mean this so looking now to the past season that just happened uh 2021 2022 year obviously a lot of adversity happened a lot of stuff was going on but before we get into yeah. all that, the one game I want to touch on, I know you said you, you weren't raised a Georgia fan, but the game was spectacular to see happen because it was like almost, in my opinion, it was like the first like big game of college football since the pandemic. Everyone was there. Everyone was loud playing in Charlotte. And yeah. the field. Like, what was that whole experience like for you going out there? Oh, man, it was crazy, bro. It was like, I'm not going to say it was the bigger game of the year, but, um, you know, it was a huge, it was a huge entertainment game for a lot of people watching college football coming back from off the COVID year. It's like, man, this is what college football is really all about. Having fans in here, you know what I'm saying? Being extra loud, being rowdy, and then coming out to a close game like that. Sadly that we didn't, you know, make the extra play that, that would help us win the game. But, you know what I'm saying? It was all kind of a, a learning, a learning experience, man. Definitely. I mean, again, throughout that whole season, there was a lot of adversity, a lot of injuries, a lot of stuff happening. But the two games to kind of, I guess there was three, you know, the Iowa State game was huge, the South Carolina game was huge, and then obviously the Wake Forest game was also a very big game. So one of those three games, beating your rival, beating, you know, a team that people thought were going to end the streak at home and then yeah. winning the closer, like what were those What was those games like for you to go out there and play? Oh, man, it was, it was like, uh, I mean – just be the best version of you. That's real. I like. I live my life by that, man. Be the yeah. best version that you can be. You know what I'm saying? Leave it all out there. You know what I'm saying? And God will take care of the rest, bro. That's really. That's really what came down to it, man. Because once you prepare during the week um, for games like that, man, and uh, you know you locked in, bro. It really isn't too much that that can stop a team um, like like we had out of adversity that we went through, bro. We were kind of built. We were kind of battle tested, as as you as you would say. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. You know, during the weight game. Obviously, Clemson was off and running from the very start. They were putting points on the board. You guys were going to stop. So it was a crazy game to see. But at the end, you know, the fans finally rushed the field for the first time in, felt like, 20 years. So you know, <laughs> really? what, was that, what was that moment, seeing everyone just kind of rushing down at you guys? Man, it was crazy. That was my first time ever experiencing yeah. something. That. Then, you know, you're saying you upsetting the top 10 team. And it was like, man, it's kind of, you know what I'm saying, using a, the metaphor, like, we went in the Super Bowl, bro. Like, that's how it felt like. <laughs> You got every, you got to all your fans. You got classmates running now, man. Congratulating, man. So it was, it was great, bro. It was it was awesome. Yeah, definitely. It looked it was an electrifying electrifying sight to see for sure. And then obviously South Carolina, the rival. You know that was your first game against them too because of COVID. Um, what was that game like for you? Man, it was it was a great game, bro. Like being a defensive player that I am and having a shutout against your rival, bro. Like I feel like that's the most humblest way that you can like. You know what I'm saying? Say that you're a bit a, a, a winner. You know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna say nothing you're crazy because people can blow stuff out of proportion. But it was it was a great way to go out. Yeah, no, most definitely. I still remember leading up to the game. Everyone was saying like, "Oh, South Carolina, this is their year." This time, the other, <laughs> like they were talking nonsense. I guess you obviously showed them what's up. 30, 30s year that does speak volumes, right there. That does speak volumes. Um, so looking ahead of this this season, uh, there's a lot of expectations for the team, especially the defensive line. You know, yeah. the, the Avengers are here now. Uh, so, like, what what do you what do you think 
the the goal is for this defensive line and for yourself? Oh uh, man, quite honestly, bro, it's to to be the best defensive line in the country. Well, in history, honestly, you know, we want to be the greatest defensive line to ever play college football, bro. And um, it just starts with you know what I'm saying us, you know, as players, uh, taking competition seriously, and um, just trying to make each other better because iron sharpens iron, bro. And and to cap it off with a national champion, a national championship, bro. Honestly. Yeah. Definitely. So I saw in a video, I guess your your name is, is War Machine, I believe. So how did you get that? Bro, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea, bro. Uh, I mean, probably, KJ could probably tell you more about it than I can, bro. Honestly, I, I don't really have that much information on who got the name, who got to select the names, bro. But hey, I'm going to play my role. <laughs> hey. I'm going to play my role. War Machine sounds like a cool name. All right, I'm not I'm not a big Avengers guy necessarily, but that's a fire name. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you know you're working out. You, you said you're you're in Atlanta now, working out, trying to get better. Obviously, the spring game just happened. Spring season's kind of ending now, transition to summer. But what is, what is your ultimate goal as a player to kind of get ready and be better? Um, man, there's a lot of things, man. Uh really focusing on my weaknesses, man. That's how you get better. And also focusing on your strengths to perfecting your craft. But, you know what I'm saying, just being a, a more influential and a functional player, defensive end, kind of letting the game come slow down and come to itself. That's really. Is it is that kind of a specific thing, just trying to make the game slower for you? Or is there like a, other things? Uh, like man, focusing on technique, bro, honestly. You know what I'm saying? I feel like if you can be, a, if you're a techni technician in what you do, then, you know what I'm saying, you will win matchups that you're supposed to win. And, in some matchups like David Goliath that a guy might be on paper better than you, but your technique is quite better than his, so it really doesn't matter at the end of the day. Yeah, definitely, definitely, man. Um, so I, I also so you know, obviously Dabo, everyone's going to ask you about Coach Sweeney and about him, but something I saw during recruitment, you said that he's like your – he's almost – you compare him to your dad in a way. So no, why is he like your dad? I mean, Coach Sweeney, bro, he gonna keep he he's gonna keep it real as it get. I mean, some days he might he gonna say some stuff that you might not want to hear, and some days he gonna say he gonna say the truth no matter what, bro. It's like Coach Sweeney is there for for uh, benefit of the players, like no matter what. It's like it's all about the players when it comes down to him, and you always gonna get a real version, a real unique version. And it's there's no other person like Coach Sweeney, man. I'm gonna be honest with you. Definitely. You know, is there like a specific moment, whether it was through recruitment or even now during the seasons while at Clemson that made you kind of make him stand out and say like he's, I guess, the real deal for you? I mean, it's just, I mean, keeping it real, bro. Like he told us like, you know what I'm saying, last last year, for example, like, <clears throat> you know, it's just going to take, you got to invest, you got to invest way more into this winning and, and winning is very, uh, it's taken for granted. You know what I'm saying? You can't take stuff for granted. You can get caught up in doing emotions and stuff like that coming off you know what i'm saying winning 10 games in a season is hard bro it's, it's literally hard i'm saying but um you know it's just come down to uh you know what I'm saying taking advantage of the opportunity mm -hmm. definitely definitely you know before i let you go i have a couple questions because look i i, I found i found some basketball opinions i should say um so yeah. back in back in 2020 you tweeted that M mj is mj is the goat so why why do you yeah. believe, why do you believe he's the go to not Mr. King James? Uh, I mean, bro, honestly, bro, I kind of think it's 50-50, bro. As I've been watching LeBron James play, bro, I was like, you know what I'm saying? He does some things at this age, bro. Michael Jordan wasn't doing it. His age, well, Michael Jordan didn't play as long, but 
LeBron is dominating the league still. Mm-hmm. But um, the reason I really said Michael Jordan was that was that guy, bro, because I feel like he played in a way more physical environment, way more physical league. Not saying LeBron isn't getting banged up, you know what I'm saying? But you had people like Larry, you had like the Boston Celtics and the Detroit Pistons literally clotheslining Michael Jordan out there and him getting up, yeah. you know what I'm saying, and going for 30 in game winner. So that that's my, that's my, you know what I'm saying, reason why. Another tweet you said, um, you said, imagine the world without sports. And this was like recently. So, so why why was that? Why was that something that crossed your mind? Man, I was like, I literally was thinking. I was like, imagine a world without sports, bro. Like, that's a key entertainment. Like, every time you turn on the TV, it's something related to sports wise, bro. Like, it's something always related to sports. Like, imagine you not flipping on the TV, or imagine you going through a season like the summertime and not expecting the NBA finals. Like, people was literally going crazy because. They thought college football was getting shut down completely. No games, no televised games at all. Like that's a major part of entertainment for people. Definitely. No, I agree. I agree. I mean, I think sports are obviously a great thing to watch, great thing to be a part of. And yeah. my, my last thing I saw is you, you said you want to open up a restaurant at some point in your life. Is that still true today? Uh, I mean, I, I would do that on the side, bro. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm kind of falling in love with, uh, Real estate, bro, honestly, because I see the value in it. I see the value and how it's going on right now. So I'm kind of jumping on that wave. But, you know, I love to cook personally, bro. I love that, you know what I'm saying? You see something on TikTok, you bookmark it. You're like, I'm going to try that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I always kind of thought about opening up a restaurant. My mom, man, my mom makes great food. So that'd probably be the main reason. She'd probably be the, the main head honcho. <laughs> What's your favorite dish to make? My favorite dish to make? Hmm. Mm. Dang, you hit me with one. I had to. You hit me with one right there. I ain't gonna lie to you. Uh, I like cooking. I ain't gonna. I like cooking. Uh, this Cajun uh Alfredo pasta, bro. I cook. Yeah. I cook mean Cajun Alfredo pasta, bro. I can. I can really cook, bro. That's the crazy part. That sounds pretty really fire right there. I'm gonna lie. That sounds good. Well, Kevin, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, do you have any final things you want to say before we before we end it? Uh, no, nah, man, thank you for, uh, you know, giving me an opportunity to give you a little more insight about my life, man. Yeah, appreciate definitely, it. man. Definitely. Well, I appreciate you coming on.